G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. But we're going to be asking a question today about whether we should be allowing our emotions to lead us. Every one of us will face battles between the head and the heart, but aren't our emotions often involuntary? Outbursts of anger, unjustified fears, even exuberant joy, or the opposite, perhaps deep sadness and anxiety. What about the rage you can feel when someone cuts you off on the motorway? Or what about the fear that you might have of circumstances or even deadly things? What about the desire for revenge when we're dealt an injustice? Or the broken heart when the love of our life rejects us? What about the grief and sadness when we lose a loved one? Can we control even the strongest feelings? You might have a question or an answer to this one. Does yelling at God help? Can our emotions be trained or does God expect us to train our feelings? Well, we're back today with the author of the book, Remarkable You, Wendy Burns, as she prepares to launch her brand new book all about remarking our lives. Well, in her new book, Wendy grapples with her own story and how she learned to deal with the emotional roller coaster of life when Jesus is on board. Wendy Burns is a consultant and coach. She's an executive director on the John Maxwell team, having joined the John Maxwell University. And Wendy is joining us on the line from Darwin today. Hello, Wendy. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. Always good to be back with you from sunny, warm Darwin today. (laughs) And I'm sure there might be a few jealous ones, especially in the south of our nation today. Hey, Wendy, your focus on emotions. You love talking about this, and really it's become an important part of your new book. Oh, it, our emotions are so important, and it is. It's one of the major chapters in my new book, Unmasked to Remark, uh, because this is when we start to understand our emotions, we actually start to have a greater awareness of how they affect and actually infect our lives because our emotions can control us and really it should be the other way around we should be able to should I don't like that word you know that we uh, need that greater awareness to be able to understand the role emotions play and are they playing a good role in our life or are they actually feeding us lies Wendy, I usually bring you into uh, a little recount of your own story because oftentimes when we're dealing with the sorts of issues that we do in conversation, uh, your story is really a most powerful place to start. I wonder if you can just, for listeners who are not so familiar with Wendy Burns, uh, give us a, a little recount of your story and we'll get into some more deeper things about emotions. 
Sure, and it sort of sets the scene to show that I have a little bit of authority to speak into this place. Uh, my home as a child was extremely dysfunctional. Uh, at the age of 13, uh, my father uh, committed suicide, shot himself in front of me, and I actually handed him the gun un unknowingly that that's what he was about to do. Uh, that same night, my uncle uh, raped me because he could, I guess that was his reason. So I was a bit of an emotional wreck. My life was turned upside down. Um, my, both of my parents were alcoholics. Um, you know, we were lived in a home that was full of abuse. And then this abuse on top of it, of the suicide, the rape, uh, my life was out of control, really out of control till I was 34. I was going down the same road as my parents um, on the road to contemplating suicide on a regular basis, um, becoming an alcoholic like they were. So my life was very dysfunctional and out of control. And one of the reasons that I've discovered as I've gone through my healing and my journey with Jesus is all of the emotional impact of that trauma that happened to me as a child was never dealt with. We bury, we bury the trauma or we react from it. Uh, and I was reacting from it for such a very long time to the point that it was taking me down the same path. Uh, I know some listeners will really identify with the thought that you were an emotional wreck. And, you know, when I think of an emotional wreck, uh, sometimes the image comes to mind a shipwreck. You know, you're sunk. Uh, you've come on the rocks and uh, the ship has capsized. And, uh, but your story doesn't end at being an emotional wreck. So there's hope in this story today because uh, you've been able to see a way forward. And I wonder whether you might reflect for a moment here that when you're in the depths of the adversity that you've gone through and you recognize that you're an emotional wreck, sometimes you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you can't see a way forward. A lot of people find themselves in that circumstance. Well, when we're in that space, Neil, what we can't see the truth. We just see what we, we feel. We feel the emotion or the mess or the wreck. And I love that description of a shipwreck. Um, everything's wrecked around us. And, and for me, it relates to my story of, you know, f quite a few years on after making that decision to follow Jesus, my life was still, uh, I'll be honest, my life was still a roller coaster of emotional wreck because I had said yes to Jesus, but I hadn't changed myself. I still needed to take a lot of action in my life to bring about the changes that were required. And I got to a point where um, my, I attached myself to the labels of my job because I thought that's what made me who I was. And the one circumstance I write about in my second book, and it's in my first book as well, I talk about sitting on my lounge room floor the day of that big red dust storm in Brisbane quite a few years ago now. And in that moment, my emotions were telling me, my feelings were telling me, and my emotions were telling me that life, I could not go on. My, I'd lost my job for a reason or lost, I was stood down from my role. I won't go into that. You can read about that. Um, I was stood down for my role because that's not where I want to go. That's not the point. But my feelings were telling me there was nothing left. I had no other option other than to take my own life. My emotions were lying to me. They were telling me there was no way forward. And in that moment, that's when I reached out to Jesus and he met me fully and wholly. The word says when we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. I was seeking him with every fibre of my heart. 
But in that seeking him, it also brought me back to the facts of who I was. Where is my worth? Where is my value? And when, at, when we are in that shipwrecked place, we can't see anything except this wreck around us, these waves crashing over us. But being able to just for a moment come back to what is the truth and what is the facts that I need to focus on, that is when I started to truly turn my life around. Can you be blinded by those emotions? I mean, if you feel, as you no doubt uh, went through these yourself, you know, you were a victim of some dreadful things. Uh, You'd suffered injustice. Perhaps you had those sorts of feelings, you know, bitterness that would uh, really take a hold of you, even hatred for uh, some of those who might have hurt you in the past. But that can be blinding, can't it? You can't see a way forward because your emotions seem to be everything to you. Oh, absolutely. And and worst part is, Neil, we attach ourselves to those things. The shame, the humiliation, the bitterness, the anger, the, self, the lack of worth. We have no worth or no value. And we attach ourselves to those things. We let other people... Um, like it's like a self-fulfilling a fulfilling prophecy when we believe that about ourselves we look for it from other people towards us and it's there we, we live in that and we're blinded by that it really does take stepping back from that just almost like leaning back and taking a breath out of this this uh, this shipwreck that we, our life is and to be able to see well what is truth we only need to find one seed of truth that we can anchor to that will pull us back from the edge of that but we need to find it and our emotions and our feelings even though they're real I'm not dismissing them they are so real and and we feel them and they wash over us but the trouble is they don't always tell us the truth they lie to us you know through our conversation today uh, we'll try and keep things never too far away from this truth, uh, from this new anchor, because uh, it's easy to get sort of locked into a downward spiral. And for some people, this might even be a, a trigger for some of those emotions to be raised again when you think of some of the elements of your story, Wendy. But something new happens when you acknowledge God. So we're not in a downward spiral here. In no. fact, our focus is actually on looking up and seeing something a little bit different beyond our emotional turmoil. Something new happens very, very simply in our lives as we acknowledge that there is a God, that he is interested in us. All of a sudden, our values and our identity begins to change. So this is something that's so powerful about having faith in Christ, that something changes immediately you acknowledge him. This is something that happened for you, but it wasn't uh, for many, many years. And after all of these turmoil times in your early years, Wendy. Yes, and that you, you're absolutely 100% right. It changes when we actually fully attach to God. We can't just partially attach to this uh, one leg in, in, in each camp kind of faith in God. It is fully attached. He wants a oneness with him and that deep, intimate relation with him. And when we have that, we actually start to find out the truth of who we are. We start to know the true worth that we have. We are children of God. You know, he he wants the absolute best for us. And he tells us, and I love um, that in Proverbs, it says, uh, strong feeling, sorry, let me just find it. I'm giving you the wrong one. Proverbs 4 uh, reminds us that pay attention 
the welfare of our innermost being. From there flows the welfare, wealth spring of our life. So he reminds us through his word how we control our emotions. He shows us that we attach ourselves to his word and then we start to apply that word. Am I living that out? What am I paying attention to? And I think that's a real key in understanding your emotions because your emotions then attach themselves to your attitude and vice versa. Let's stay with the scripture for a few moments because for listeners who are saying, well, you know what, you've touched a nerve here and I'm feeling some of these emotions, they're welling up in me right now. Uh, some of those thoughts around the scripture very, very powerful. There's one here I've got identified in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Uh, and it's the one that's quite a well-known and one listeners will be aware of. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And this is what happens. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, there's probably lots and lots of scriptures. That one's just one that, uh, that I came across in doing a, a little bit of a search on you know, God and our emotions. But he is the one who guards our hearts. And if we're close to him, if he's there in the, in the sense that, uh, you know, as he is uh, living within, uh, then we have a, a guard who is there to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how do we set up that guard? It's like I was saying to someone earlier on a call today, Neil, when we're going down a road, a main you know, highway, there's guardrails on the side of, of the road to stop us going off, stop us crashing off onto the side of the road if we lose control. God is like this guardrail on our life. If we stay connected to him, if we stay close to him, if we keep our heart to his heart, we have this guide that keeps us on track. And even if we start to swerve off, he will bring us back because our heart's desire is to seek him with all of our heart, not just a little bit, but the whole of our heart. And that means our emotions and our feelings all of those things, bringing them back through that filter and that guardrail, God, what is your truth in this? What is truth in this? It's just, it's just some bad use of emotional energy, and I had to learn to use my emotional energy in a different way, not to fly off the handle, to, to take a breath, to breathe, to pray even in that moment in the situation, God, what is your truth? What do you want me to do? God is the one that will bring us through, and I have no other answer other than God. And my life is a living testimony of that. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Our talkback line is open 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation. We're talking about emotions today with Wendy Burns. Her new book is called Unmask to Remark, Remarkable You. So 1-800-316-316. And Wendy, why don't we take some calls? Mel is on the line from Queensland. Hi, Mel. Welcome. Uh, Yes, good morning. Uh, Thank you, Wendy and Neil. Um, I believe pride is at the core of negative emotions. Um, Wendy, have you got any tips and tools to handle pride, please? Wendy. Uh, Sure. Uh, Mel, thank you for for calling in. And pride does get in our way, doesn't it? Because uh, we think we can control everything. 
uh, and that causes us to trip up and that's really an offshoot of pride isn't it when we think we're in control and God's not in control so quite often for me I well often every day Mel to be honest every day I bring myself back before the Lord and lay it all everything out before him and ask him to control everything in my life and not me so I think that's a really big tip is we know when we're being prideful and that's coming back to that surrender. Well, God, this is not about me. What do you want in that space? And, and again, it's about awareness. We've spoken about emotions, having that level of awareness of knowing when our emotions are taking control. It's also the same knowing when our pride is getting in the way. Mel, how does Thank that you. sit with you? Did uh, Was that a, a good response? Uh, yes, thank you. And there's, there are some um, uh, proverbs around pride. Yes, thank you. Wonderful stuff. Mel, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Caroline is in Western Australia. Hi, Caroline. Hello, how are you? Very good. What are your thoughts? Um, I was just thinking the scriptures. Um, when it comes to push, comes to shove, there's two prayers i always pray because words will fail me the lord is my shepherd and Mm. the prayer that jesus gave us as an example because it encapsulates everything and i was reading recently um it was online about when um someone was going through it um and they said i want to hold you know they reached out their hand to hold on to jesus but jesus holds ours in you know because we are fallible and we fall and that's where his grace and his mercy and his overwhelming love comes into it he will not let us go and the scriptures do say you know um can a mother leave their child but even if that would be true i will not leave you and how he um said to us we um that he was sent and he all that the father has called um to him he will not let one of them go. There is this hope that even in our fallibility and our weakness and our falling over ourselves and falling over others and the, the nastiness that this world can throw at us, Jesus will not let us go. God will not let us go. There is hope there. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down. Caroline, wonderful, wonderful insight. Uh, Wendy, your thoughts for Caroline? Oh, Caroline, thank you. Um, absolutely. He won't let us go. What what happens is sometimes we'll turn our back on God, and um, but he's still there. He's still there reaching it. Said, you know, God will go for the lost one, the one lost one. He will search for the one that's lost. And, um, you know, he will not let us go. He's always there. His word tells us he is faithful. He is just, he is merciful and full of grace. And and how true is that? He never lets us go. It's us that does the letting go. And we have to come back. When we have let go, it's not too late. God says, I'm just here. My arms are here just waiting. Caroline in WA, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about emotions, talking about controlling those emotions. We're talking about who we are, our identity in Christ and what power that might have in the present as we're dealing with all sorts of challenges. Hey, Wendy, you like to use a nice little analogy about surfing 
And uh, you say uh, you were surfing every single emotion that came at you and surfing and drowning in them when those waves crashed in on you. That's a, a look, the imagery there is pretty powerful. Oh, I love it because it's a great quote and it's from uh, Jonathan Matheson where it says, feelings are much like waves. We can't stop them from coming, but we can choose which ones to serve. And how is that our life? Like I can remember, and, and I wrote about it in my book, I was at Dudley Beach in Newcastle and I was caught in a rip and I was caught in the waves and I couldn't get my head out. It was just wave upon wave upon wave till somebody pulled me out. And isn't that like our emotions? They overwhelm us and they try and drown us with what's the stuff that comes with those emotions. But we can actually choose which one of those waves we're going to serve. We get to decide. It's not like me being on the beach and getting dumped by the waves. We can decide whether we're going to jump on that wave and surf it. Just like a surfer, when they take their surfboard out to the beach and they're looking for the good wave, they won't choose every wave they'll decide which one's going to give them the best ride. And that's understanding the best use of your emotional energy because emotions are not all bad. Some of our emotions are so good and they work with us um, and can be used to add great value to our lives. They can fuel our determination and our passion, give us a vision and energise our convictions. But it's the emotions that are not okay that we choose to wave that will, can be quite destructive. Let's take another call. Carol is in Alumba in Cairns, North Queensland. Hi, Carol. Welcome. Hello. Carol, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, there is healing. Jesus does heal you because um, my mother died when I was six and then I was abused as a child and I had a terrible childhood. But, and I became a Christian when I was 28. And I had all that trauma from my childhood. Um, now, Jesus healed me of all that trauma. And now I'm 65 years old now. And I'm finding that I had to learn, you know, once G I got healed of the trauma, then I had to learn how to live as a healed person. Mm. And I had to, um, you know, just um, dealing with everyday life and not reacting in the way that that I was used to as a child, but now as an adult. And sometimes, sometimes I can still get, you know, like just the everyday life effects because the actual trauma of my childhood has been healed and God has healed and delivered me. Learning how to live as a healed person. There's a powerful insight in learning to do that, Carol. Uh, let's get a thought or two. Wendy, your thoughts for Carol? Yeah. Carol, thank you. Absolutely true. We have to learn how to live after God heals us. And because we've got that habit, we've got that, you know, that habit that we've had all our lives to explode or uh, to be angry or to get caught up in the emotions, we, we need to learn to live in a different way, don't we? And I think the key is... is our life should be 100% across everything. We should be the same right across every area of our lives. And as we start to live as that heal person, it takes practice and it takes discipline and self-leadership. And So you're absolutely right. Congratulations on having that awareness. Praise God for your healing. Praise God for our healing. Um, but yes, having that awareness, praise God that he gives you that as well.
Wendy, more calls coming in just a few moments. We'll take those. But just let me come to something I just mentioned in my introduction, and that is the thought that, uh, you know, does yelling at God help? Because uh, there's a certain sense in which, you know, God is big enough to be able to hear the the emotions of our hearts. Sometimes uh, we might feel angry. Sometimes we might raise our voice. Uh, What are your thoughts about whether it helps to yell at God? Look, I think God already knows if we're angry with him, right? He knows everything. So he knows that we're angry with him. And I'm sure there are many times when I have yelled at God when things haven't gone my way and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way but God is a big God right he's almighty uh, and he's okay if we tell him the truth of what we're feeling because he already knows how we feel but quite often he just wants us to tell him from our own words on what we're feeling so I think there are times when people will have yelled at God maybe they don't want to admit it but there are times when things haven't gone the way that we wanted them to go uh, but gone a different way but I think the big key is trusting God anyway. And, and then we come to Proverbs 3 where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. You know, my understanding might make me scream and yell at God, but I will still come back and say, well, God, I trust you anyway. Whatever your will be done in this situation. Okay, I'm just uh, having a little difficulty getting our caller to air. We'll uh, try and work on that because there are people calling through on 1-800-316-316. Talkback line open. Uh, Just if you're trying to get through, uh, keep on trying. We'll get those callers to air as we can. Let me ask you, Wendy, uh, it's interesting that uh, all those who've called through so far have been women. And I'm wondering whether you've got any thoughts or has there been any research that you've done about the differences between women and men and the way we might deal with our emotions? Sure. Look, I I will talk from my experience. I run a lot of groups and do a lot of coaching with a a mixture of men and women. Uh, And what I find is women are more likely to show their emotions outwardly Uh, We can often read what's happening with a woman more so than what we can with a man. But I've been speaking quite recently at a few conferences, a mixture of both men and women, and men will will honestly come and say... uh, this is how I'm feeling emotionally. I've never, I've never looked at it that way before, and I've never been in a position to be able to put it into words. But men still suffer from emotional uh, effects or infection. You know, it, it can cause uh, bouts of anger uh, or, or aggression. So I think it affects us both. But I do think, from the women and the men that I work with, and I can only speak to my work, is that men, uh, women are more open initially in sharing it Uh, men I think you need to build a bit more trust with a man in a a coaching or any situation or a good relationship in a church pastoral care situation for a man to be really open and honest about it's not that they don't want to be honest about it I feel like there's a quite a shame that can be attached um, both to men and women but certainly to men if they're, if they're somebody that has an angry outburst or could be considered even domestic violence. So I think it's something that is there. We just don't discuss it enough. Wendy, let's come back to some scripture again, and there might be some other particularly powerful passages that you've come across. But uh, when we're coming to scriptures, well-known ones like Romans chapter 8, verse 28, 
we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It means that not everything that's going to happen to us is going to feel good, but uh, we're going to have emotional responses in all of those things. Any thoughts around just our response to God in the way that things do work in our lives? Look, I think it's important that um, we, we, we anchor to the word anchor to God's purpose and God's will for our life and find out what that is. Spending some time, I'm a real believer in journaling, Neil, spending some time with God, uh, journaling on what his will is for you, what that looks like, and that means his will, not ours. You know, he gives us all a great set of skills and abilities and and wanting to be able to use them for his purpose and, and our stories as well. Everybody, every listener, and we've already heard that today, will have a story. And, and maybe there, it's God's will that you're using that story to impact and, and encourage other people. So, so attaching ourselves to his word, um, I love Proverbs, you know, one a day for 30 days, right? It's a great dose of medicine. One proverb a day for 30 days, uh, and it will tell us how to control our lives, how to put those guardrails up. You know, Proverbs 4 says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for, out, for from it flows a spring of life. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds back. Proverbs 19, 11, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offence. There's so much, so much food in the word of God, and that's what will enable us to be more aware of our emotions, to be able to control them and know when to use them. Okay, I think we're set to take a caller or two. So 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to contribute to our conversation, we're talking around emotions. Let's take a call from Willie in Western Sydney. Hi, Willie, welcome. Yeah, g'day. Willie, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, yesterday um, when I was getting dropped off by my, by my brother-in-law, um in our street, it's a bit um, narrow, and there's a dead-end street, and there's a person speeding, yeah? And I, I, I know he was speeding, so once he parked on the other side of the road, I, I talked to him, and uh, maybe I was a bit rude. I, was, I, was, I said to him, slow down. And uh, I, think I, I think I should have um, sh- showed a bit more love and compassion and told him what is the consequences of... Consequences of... Um, having an accident or anything like that, you know what I mean? Because the street is narrow and it's a dead-end street and anything anything can happen on the road. So Sometimes yeah. it, sometimes there's a certain sense in which you feel like you've got to be too nice. But if you've got children and they play on the footpath and, uh, you know, occasionally crossing the street, you might feel a little bit uh, edgy, even angry at someone who might be speeding in your street. Wendy, what are your thoughts for Willie? Oh, look, and, and Neil, you're right. And Willie, yes, that's a terrible situation. I, I think people don't think when they're speeding or look at the consequences. And and just, just taking a breath, just taking a breath before you speak if you're angry. Remember, just take a breath. What's the best use? What's, what's the best use of my emotions right now? Is it to explain, look, there are small children that are playing on this street, you know, this example? Um, or is it the best use to yell at the man? You know, that's a decision we get to make. Like, we're all behind the wheel, aren't we? Most of us drive. And, um, you know, we've seen those road rages. Um, I'm thinking that's not the best use of their emotions at that time. So we get to check that. So or a great way to do that is to consider two responses. When you kind of feel those emotions build up, what are two responses here? What's one and what's the other? And then make a choice. 
Willie, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Moy is in WA. Hi, Moy. Welcome. Moy, are you with us? Yes, Moy, what are your thoughts? Yes, yes, I I am. Uh, Sorry, it's not my thought. I I have a question for Wendy. Is it okay? Yes. I know that from uh, Wendy, you say that from a wretch, um, you know, a sick wretch to a healing process or uh, to able to uh, anchor our emotion, it must be a very big process and different stages. Would Wendy, uh, you kindly share your, your your experience, how you journey through and the hands of the Lord upon you? Would that be possible? Wonderful, Moy. Uh, a process of anchoring those emotions. Uh, Wendy, thoughts for Moy? Sure, Moy, and you're right, there is a process. And you know what? There's no 10-step process that will get us to where we need to go. It's one step at a time. So for me, the first things that I dealt with in my life after that that moment on my lounge room floor was to think about what's the truth of my emotions. So every time my emotions would flare up or start to tell me something that, that wasn't real, I'd become emotional attached to I would want to go back and look at what are the truth and what are the facts. You know, what's the truth of this and what does God say about it? So so three steps. What what is the fact? What is the truth? Because sometimes there's difference. The facts might be this, but the truth, is this the truth I'm telling myself? And what's God's truth in this? What's he saying to me in this? So it's a, a continual process. It's a continual growing, a continual learning And it certainly does not happen overnight. But the key in all of this was anchoring to God's word. What does God's word say? And and I want to add in here too, Moy, it's a choice we get to make. We get to choose what we do. It's a choice. We, We get to control our emotions. We are the only one that can do that. So I learned the power of choice. Uh, and, and the choices of what I choose to know. I choose to know that I'm a child of God. I choose to know that I have a choice over how I use my emotions. And, you know, I'm, I don't always get it right, but I am so much better than I was back in those days. I'm aware of, of when my emotions are building up. And we start to feel them, don't we, Moy? We, we can feel that tension build up in it. Our breath might get fast. Our pulse might be racing or our heart might be racing and we know we're emotional. And then right in that moment, one of the things that I learned, and it's a major step, is to stop and breathe. Just stop and breathe. Don't say anything. Just breathe for a moment and think about, well, what is truth? What is the best use of my words right now? Moy, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you want to join in our conversation today, just to bring this back to Scripture again, because when we think of the presence of Jesus in the life of the believer and what immediate difference that makes when you're talking about emotions, I'm just reminded here the difference between the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit uh, out of Galatians chapter 5. I'm not sure whether you've been uh, reflecting a lot on this here, but uh, Wendy, this this is so powerful because as we look at the fruit of the flesh, a lot of these are emotions-driven. So if you're looking there in Galatians chapter 5, you'll find the fruit of the flesh just before the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the flesh are things like sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, 
rivalries, mm. dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. In fact, there's a lot of those we'll identify as an emotional response uh, to this sort of fleshly nature we have. But then the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, this is really exciting because these are emotional responses too. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. These things are very emotionally driven, aren't they, Wendy? Oh, absolutely. And in I, I use the Passion Translation a lot, Neil. Is it okay if I just yes. share how it explains yes. it? Yes. It says that... Um, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is a divine love in all, all its varied expressions. Here we go. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, so that peace subdues our anger, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. And I love that because it actually gives us keys when we read it in the Passion Translation. It tells us to, if we're looking at our emotions, allow our joy to overflow. When we do that, our God's peace subdues. And it's not our joy that overflows, right? It's God's. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Wonderful. Wendy, when you are an emotional person, and you feel like, you know, you have an emotional outburst, well, that's just who you are. Uh, there might be some sort of hint in that that says somehow or other you've got to try and bring your emotional uh, outbursts under control. Uh, we might hope there's a bolt of lightning out of, the, out of heaven that says, uh, okay, now you're fixed. Uh, sometimes there's a participation in the process here. What are your thoughts for people who are saying, well, I'm just emotional and I just, uh, you know, people expect me to react emotionally uh, without thinking sometimes. What are your thoughts for the person who's happy to be emotional and not plan to change? Mm, it's an interesting one. And, and as soon as you started to speak about that, Neil, I was reminded of when I do work in, in workplaces uh, on culture and, and quite often people will say, well, that's just who they are. They're angry and they're stressed and they're emotional and they explode. Doesn't mean that's okay. We, we, we might say that's exactly who I am. I'm an angry person. I, I get frustrated. I yell, I rant and rave, I scream, I, I bang doors. Uh, I might do that behind hidden doors and I might do that out in front of people. But that's, no, that's not okay. When we say that's just who I am, I believe, my belief, my thoughts, Neil, are I think that's an excuse and it's a cop-out because we get to control, we get to choose who we are, we get to choose how we behave. It's a choice that we have. And if we're following, if we're followers of Jesus, if we say that we have Jesus living in our hearts, that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. What does that shine through to other people if that's who we are and we think people expect us to be like that? I wonder, I wonder if you turn that around and you think, well, maybe it's just a habit or one of our callers said earlier, you know, the learned habit, once I'm healed, once I've met Jesus, I, I've got to unlearn some habits and learn some new habits. Now I'm healed because we're all healed. When we come to the Lord, we're all in those different stages of healing. But I really would encourage you to start to think about, is that really the truth? Is that the truth of who God wants you to be? 
I hope that answers that. That's just my yes. opinion, Neil. Well, certainly some are out and proud, even of having their bad emotions and happy to be known as that emotional outburst person. But you also, Wendy, like to talk about those who have an invisible mask that you put yes. on. Uh, this is probably more the majority of us that might have an emotional mask. How do you describe the masks and the way that works? You know, whether it's in our own families, which is probably where we've got our guard down <laughs> at that yeah, particular look. point, but certainly when we're in the workplace or when we're in our church, uh, uh, there's masks that we can wear. Oh, absolutely, and it's that's what my whole passion is about. Is um, we put a mask on to cover the hurt or to cover the truth of who we are. Um, we the old phrase when I was oh, as a teenager or even as a young child was uh, "street angel, home devil," and it excused the phrase, but it's just a, a saying that I had heard. And I think you know we put on a mask to say we're okay. I did it. I was sitting in church and contemplating suicide. I had my mask on to say, I'm okay, I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just like everybody else. But when I would take that mask on, the the junk and the wreck, the shipwreck we spoke about earlier was there. It, it hadn't been healed. It hadn't been exposed to the light of Jesus. So we, we put on masks and we pretend we're okay. We don't want to uh, talk about what's actually going on inside of us. And maybe it is that explosive anger. But what we do then when we when we unmask, we pull it off and we start to heal so we can remark the way we were created to be. It starts by identifying what are the triggers for those things. For me, I had to go back and look at the healing I needed to go through. And again, I'll, I'll touch on it again. I know we've spoken about it before. It started with forgiveness. Mine was a whole work around forgiveness for those that had hurt me, that it caused the trauma. And we know that when, when we've been, you know, we're all wounded, pain affects everybody, but trauma goes deeper and often we put a Band-Aid on, which is a mask, to hide it because we want to be okay. Wendy, we've got, we've run out of time. but <laughs> Already? For, yeah, I, I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> for listeners who are saying, uh, don't leave me dangling here, Wendy, uh, where do I go from here if I've been battling with the emotions getting the better of me and I know that you know when the presence of Jesus is there going through the ups and downs of our lives he is there and we can rely on him I wonder if uh, you've got a a hint or even maybe even a prayer for uh, that person who might be listening in saying uh, I need help for this right now Uh, where do I go from here what's the next step forward any thoughts here for that person Sure. There's there's some steps that I want to encourage you in. Number again, and then I'm going to anchor it to God. Uh, discipline your mind to master your emotions and start thinking about. Start working on when am I having my emotional outbursts. Use your journal. Write it down. When am I having those emotional outbursts? What does it look like? Who is who is it impacting? Is it just impacting me or somebody else? Then start to take some action. In my new book, I talk about an ABC, and and that will give you great steps. But then think about some different responses for your emotions. That's all about becoming self-aware. Now, a key is to practice tolerance of others. Start to think about how can I be a little bit more tolerant of others and of myself. Do not expect perfection from yourself or somebody else. But really learning to... um, recognize your emotions and I'm rushing knowing we're almost out of time recognize your emotions and govern the energy of those and anchor to God's word 
just do what I did. I would get into those proverbs, one a day, one proverb a day, one psalm a day. How can I apply this to my life? What action do I need to take? What changes do I need to make? And what is going to be the time frame for those changes? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And praying, really seeking the Holy Spirit to guard your words, to guard your heart, and to, to show anything that needs to be exposed to the light of Jesus. That's in a rush, Neil. That is in a rush, and uh, you might need to listen to the podcast again to listen to that more carefully. But uh, you share so beautifully, Wendy, how the Word of God can reshape the way you think emotionally about the things that have happened to you in your life. Uh, so you don't remain a victim of those things, but you can actually get on top of all of the challenging things that have gone before, and you can see clearly ahead uh, that with Jesus right there front and centre, living within you've got a whole different outlook on your life and even your really roller coaster emotions can be brought under control wendy burns wonderful insights let me point people to the remarkable you website where you can connect with wendy remarkableyou.com.au and uh, wendy's book remarkable you and you know we've spoken about different dimensions of that book now on an, on numerous occasions and there's plenty more to come to with Wendy Burns because her new book is very very shortly ready to be released it's called Unmask to Remark Remarkable You so remarkableyou.com.au Wendy Burns wonderful getting your insights thanks so much for sharing them with us once again today on 2020 Oh Neil thank you for having me on again Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.